0: Welcome back glow getters. Happy New Year. I cannot believe that we are halfway through January. You may have noticed that I took some time off from the podcast around the holidays. Life got a little bit hectic and a lot hard and I had a bit of a mental health setback and I really just needed some time to collect my thoughts, focus, and invest in myself. But I am so glad that I did because I am back to feeling so much more like myself, and I am really confident about what 2023 has in store for me. After spending some time in prayer and getting a few God winks, so those are like the moments that you're like, oh, and you kind of have this like, just epiphany, you're like, oh, okay, God, I get it. Um. I chose some themes to focus on this year, and I set some realistic goals for myself for the next 12 months, and I am ready to go. Maybe you are in the process of doing the same, and if that is the case, you are going to love today's conversation. So my guest, Julie Hollister, is what I would describe as a wellness enthusiast. Julie's a wife, a mom, and the Association Director of Youth and Family Services at her local YMCA. She started a weight loss journey several years ago, and her success in that arena led her on a quest for complete wholeness, body, mind, and spirit. As she started sharing her meals on Instagram to hold herself accountable, her engaging spirit and relatability quickly grew her platform, and today she is a bona fide social media influencer. Her platform of 20,000 plus followers tune in daily to learn from her lived experience and receive the encouragement that she so authentically provides. Our conversation today focuses on her story, what prompted her to seek out sustainable change in her life and the lessons that she's learned along the way. We chat about what true wellness looks like, the benefits of connection and community, the importance of mental health in transforming our physical health, and what it means to have influence. I have to throw a disclaimer in here. Julie and I did attempt to record this conversation in video format, but unfortunately my technical skills failed me and we ended up recording just audio uh, in an application that I had not used previously. So the quality of this audio is not as good as my perfectionist self would like. And yes, squashing perfectionism is one of the things I'm working on this year in therapy, so this is a good life lesson for me, but I do apologize. But I 100% believe that the amazing message in this discussion far outweighs any of my technical snafus, and the energy and the spirit of this conversation could have never been recreated if we had attempted to redo the interview. So we are just going to roll with it as it is. So thanks for tuning in, and here is my conversation with Julie Hollister. Julie, welcome to the Let My People Glow podcast. I am so excited that you're here.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to catch up and chat and hopefully help some other people.
0: Absolutely. So I was thinking back to like you and I met on Instagram yes. and we never actually have chatted in person. So this is a real treat for me. You know, Same. we just traded messages back and forth. Um I- So I was thinking, I think it was like early 2020 when I found you on Instagram. So I had started my sort of weight loss journey, which has now, you know, evolved into this whole health and wellness type of thing. Um, But you were one of the first accounts that I came across when I got onto Instagram. And I thought, here is someone who I can really relate to. Like this woman is my age. She's on this platform talking about weight loss and she's already kind of Um, you know gone some through her journey and she's gleaned a lot of experience and I'm really just enjoying like the content that she puts out and then I think I reached out to you once or twice like through instant message or direct message and you were so gracious and you answered and we just kind of formed sort of this little online friendship and I have so much fun following you Um, thank you but what has spurred me to ask you to be on the podcast today is that I feel like you have so much to offer, not just the Instagram world, but the world at large. And I really hope um, that the, the Julie that I've come to know and love on Instagram, uh, that those who are listening today will really glean um, the support and the love and the inspiration that I feel from you. So If you wouldn't mind, just kind of introduce yourself a little bit and then um, we can get into kind of a discussion about what it is that you do on the gram and how you are really influencing and helping people.
1: Thank you so much for those kind words. I it is so meaningful to me to hear um, just how sharing your journey or my personal journey can help others, and more importantly, I think build connection and meaningful relationships. I think that's such a beautiful thing about social media. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, a little bit about myself. Um, you know, I was born and raised in San Diego, California, and um, I now live in Greenville, South Carolina. Um, I've kind of dedicated my life's professional work to serving youth and giving back to my community. I'm very passionate about youth development and community partnerships and helping people just find a space um, that they can be better than their circumstances and to work towards things that are really important to them. And so so I, I work for the YMCA. It has been my career out of college, um, 21 years, and I couldn't imagine my life without it. It's pretty much my part, a big part of my identity. Um, I don't talk a ton about that on social media um, just because my platform is, is health and wellness, but... Um, every once in a while, sprinkle a little bit of knowledge in that, especially when it comes to motherhood. Um, I am married. Yeah, I'm married. um, (laughs) Nine years, our anniversary is this upcoming week. And we have two beautiful children. My son Weston is seven years old, almost eight. And then I have a daughter Everly, who is four years old. And, you know, being a full time working professional mom and a wife and two small children that keep me on my toes, it is and managing a health journey, you know, like trying to figure how do I take care of myself in the space of all my roles and responsibilities. Um, It's been something that I have been really passionate and sharing because I think all of us who live in that space sometimes can feel isolated or alone. And, you know, making connection to me is important in that space. 100%
0: I just have to say I love so much the content that you share that involves your kids and your husband um, because it's so relatable and you're you're 100% right you know women especially we wear so many hats and oftentimes the very last hat that we have is the hat for ourselves yes Mm -hmm. and we don't put it on nearly enough no and and one of the things that I truly love about um, interacting with you on social media is that you do share with such a vulnerability and an honesty about all those different roles that you play and how every single one of them, um, is kind of knit together with how you care for yourself and Mm -hmm. the way that you approach this journey. So, um, you know, we're at the start of 2023, it's a new year, everywhere you look, it's like new year, new me, um, have to fix and improve all of the things Yeah, or you're in the other camp, which is like, I'm flawsome. My flaws are beautiful and I'm all body positivity and everything is awesome. Yeah. But I was thinking about this last night and both of those camps, it has become a situation where we're almost like self objectifying Mm -hmm. our bodies. We are so focused on the external and so focused on, um, success in, in such a worldly sort of definition. Mm -hmm. And, um, one of the things that I truly love about your approach is that you do such a good job of conveying that this journey that you're on, this weight loss journey, this wellness journey, this exercise journey, this just total betterment journey. Um, you really show how it's about inhabiting your body, So, not making your body this thing that is separate from you that you have to fix, Mm -hmm. but you really speak to this is my body and this is the only place that I have to live for truly the rest of my life. Yeah. And the importance of listening to our bodies Mm -hmm. and embracing what our bodies are telling us mm-hmm. as we're going about this health journey. You know, I, I love watching you in the morning, you get in your car and you do your little cars, you know, yeah. car chats. And I, that is so relatable to me because um, you know, how often do we as women, like, I know when I come home from work sometimes I just sit in my car for five minutes because it's yeah. only quiet I get all day. Absolutely. So <laughs> I can imagine that that's the same for you. Um, but again, I just really love the way that you, um, talk so much about how is my body feeling? What is my body Mm -hmm. telling me? What is my mind telling me about my body that, you know, maybe isn't lining up with what my body is telling me. Yeah. Um, so I would love for you to kind of just walk me through a little bit of the weight loss journey and Mm -hmm. how it started. You know, how old were you the first time you sort of noticed having yourself having negative thoughts about your body or weight? And then, you know, when you finally decided to make changes, you know, this is time around because maybe you're like the rest of us and have, you know, said 40 times in the past, oh, I need to get my act together. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what were sort of the precipitating factors for that? Were there, was there a life event or like a hallmark moment that decided to you making changes? Yeah. You know, that is such a big question. And when you sent me
1: over just some, you know, topics maybe to talk about, that was actually the last, it's the first question you gave me, but the last one that I answered or kind of thought my thought process through because it is such a you know, it's such a big question and it's such a journey to get to that moment. And I thought about when you asked the question, like how old were you or when did you notice that you had different thoughts about your body that maybe weren't positive or you struggled with? And you know, I've shared on my platform that I was adopted at the age of eight. And as you can imagine, that is it is uh, an experience that you kind of walk through that you have no idea what's happening. It's very confusing as a young child. And you're trying to figure out like a sense of normalcy. And I remember that, you know, when I came into my home that eventually I was adopted to you think about cultural differences, you think about ways of life and how an opportunity and access. Right, That is different from your previous um, experience uh, of a child. And I think that when I became adopted or when I was adopted, um, you know, my perception of who I am was kind of a discovery phase, right? Like now, who am I? Mm -hmm. Who, you know, who, who do I represent? What is my identity? Because I'm now conforming to a new family, right? So there's cultural differences there, how we have meals at the dinner table and how we sit as a family versus maybe there wasn't enough access for food. And food became one of those things that when I had, I I ate as much as I could, because I didn't know when I would have food next, right? So all of that kind of leads up into, you know, just my relationship with food, my thoughts about food. Um, As far as my body, I think, you know, my biological mom's figure was different than my adopted mom's figure and my siblings look different. And so you start as a young age, comparing differences of families and what they look like and their physique. And, you know, you start questioning kind of all of those things, but I think it probably wasn't until I was the age of 11. Um, you know, the, the, the experience I really think about is, you know, I was, it was summer and I was starting to develop and, um, you know, my body shape was different than those in my family. I'm Hispanic and I have different curves. So I developed differently, you know, than the, those that were in my family or my friend group. And I noticed that my body was just different. And I didn't have like a thought one way or another, I just knew that I was different, right. And that comes with my history. And so as far as, you know, just being a young teen, um, going through those insecurities of just how I show up in this world was something that I did carry because I carried that I was already different because my story was different. I was adopted. So it's kind of all intertwined, if that if that makes sense. And when I went to college, I... Um, I think that was the first time that I had independence and, um, my relationship with food was very poor. Um, I gained 50 pounds my freshman year of college and I didn't know how to, I leaned into food for stress management um, and knew I was out of, you know, my state, I was out of my surroundings, I had new independence, and I just did not cope well. And from college all the way up to just as an adult, I've always then struggled with my weight and how I managed my emotions, how I turned to food and, you know, so many of these things that so many of us as women and sometimes men struggle with, um, I don't think, I think the pivotal time for me when I decided to make change is um, after I had Weston my son, um, we had experienced two miscarriages and, um, it was devastating. Um, you start questioning your body, what it can do, what it can't do. And I remember sitting in the OB office after my second miscarriage and I just felt like my body had failed me. And I remember telling the, I was scared that my OB was going to tell me it's because of your weight. Like you lost your babies because of your health. And It was in that moment of our second miscarriage where I said, this is the one thing that I can control in a world that I have no other controllables. I can control my health to be the best version of me so we can get pregnant and sustain a healthy pregnancy. And after I left that, um, that appointment, I was in the parking lot of my OB and that's when I joined Weight Watchers. And my whole purpose was to really focus on my health so we can grow our family. And that's what I did. I lost 30 pounds. We started fertility um, treatments and I was able to sustain a healthy pregnancy. And we had our little rainbow baby, Everly Rose. And um, that's where I think the pivotal moment in my health journey changed where it wasn't a start stop where I was like, yeah, I really want to be healthy, but I couldn't sustain those healthy habits. This time it stuck. And then after I had her, um, I started Weight Watchers again with the nursing program, and that's where I had significant loss um, and success with that program. Um, And from there, it's really been instrumental in where I am today.
0: I am just sitting here shaking my head like, yes, 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 (laughs) yes. Everything that you just shared, not only is so relatable to so many women, but it it mirrors my own journey so much in Mm. talking about. Um, You know, you will know a little bit about my story and all the surgeries and stuff that I've had and just that feeling of my body has let me down and what is my body capable of and Mm -hmm. and is my body holding me back and and all of those feelings. And that plays so much into a health journey, I think, in ways that we don't even realize until we get a little bit down the road and start thinking about um, the lessons that we're learning and the way that we're approaching not just the weight on our body, but the weight in our heads.
1: Yes. Absolutely, absolutely. It's a weird feeling to feel like our body is always supposed to serve us, and when it doesn't serve us in the way that we hoped it, or it's you know something we have to work through. It's not till then that you really start looking at your health. I think from a different lens. Unfortunately, um, when sometimes it's something we can't control.
0: <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, as you started your journey, you said you you joined Weight Watchers, and yes. I, you know I think I I started following you probably. Um, I believe you were like close to your goal. You yeah, know, early mm-hmm. 2020. Yep. And I remember when you hit your goal and how mm-hmm. excited I was for you and how Aww. we were just all you know, the whole the whole community on Instagram. Yeah, um, just all of that support and how everybody was behind you and how beautiful that was. Mm-hmm. Um, from there, you know, once you met that goal, did your focus change at all? I mean, I'm, I'm assuming because it has, this is true for me that as a as the weight has been coming off, My focus has changed a lot from I want to fit in a certain size jeans to, oh, my gosh, like, look at how much better I feel and Mm -hmm. look at how much brighter my mental health is Mm -hmm. all all from just taking care of myself. It really doesn't have to do so much with what the scale says. It definitely is just that confidence that I have built in that I can care for this body. Mm-hmm. So tell me a little bit about how your journey has changed. You know, when you first started versus where you're at now, mm-hmm. I know that you're using some different tools right now, yeah. but that your focus, you know, I saw this morning, you, um, one of your goals for this year was to lift heavy and you were in the gym and, yeah. um, how exciting that is. But, you know, tell me a little bit, um, as the weight was starting to come off, what were the hard parts? Yeah, was it time management? Was it food prepping? Was it navigating special occasions? Mm -hmm. Um, And how has your definition of success changed from those initial days, maybe where everything was scale, scale, scale? And Mm -hmm. how do you feel now in terms of what equals success for you in this journey?
1: Yeah, um, I like got goosebumps when you were saying, like, when I hit goal, because all of those memories come back, because there's so much hard work that goes into that. And, you know, from that time to where I am now, gosh, there's been so many hard learnings. I think that the unspoken journey of, I will say, a weight loss journey is that um, when you hit goal, I think people think you're just supposed to know how to navigate it. You're supposed to know what's next. You reach that destination. And man, was I so unprepared. And I, you know, I know you've been following me along this journey, but I really turned to unhealthy habits, which I didn't think were unhealthy because I was still focused on my health journey. And I turned to extremes because I started distrusting myself. The goals that I was setting for myself were not sustainable. And they led me down a road that, um, where I thought, you know, maybe doing 75 hard would show, yes, that is the next push, the next challenge. It really did not serve me well in my health journey. And so it has really been an evolution of not just losing weight, but finding out, and that's where my goals have changed, is not necessarily a number on the scale, not necessarily a pair of pants size, um, but it's really finding sustainable, healthy balance that, I can truly live and I can start freeing and healing myself of so many years of just not loving the body that I'm at or that I have or how it's serving me. And I'm criticizing and I'm having inner dialogue and trying to, like, not listen to the noise of what society says my health should look like, but defining what that looks like healing, um, bringing my mental health along with my health journey. And that's been very intentional. And just how I show up in the Instagram space is I focus so much on weight loss that when I hit weight loss, I didn't really keep a full focus of what a health journey is. And that's where i think a lot of my evolution has been it's inspiring to see somebody lose weight it really is we want to see them succeed but the inner work i don't think a lot of people talk about what that what that learning is and what that yes. journey is and i've tried yes. to really be vulnerable in that space to build connection to say I failed here, or this is like really hard. I didn't expect I should know what to do. Like, and I have shared that because it's real. It is so, so real. And so that's where I think the evolution of just my health journey has been is like surpassing just the goal of weight loss and bringing along so much healing, really focusing on mental health, listening to what my body is telling me, finding love and acceptance and really like leaning into this space of just respecting my body. And that's that's different than just weight loss. That's different than extreme challenges. That's like living in this space to say I love my body. I also can improve my body and work towards goals, but I also don't need to kill myself in the process and to prove to anybody that this is what my health journey should look like. I get to define that.
0: Yes. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. Amen. Mm-hmm. You get to define that. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. You said vulnerability and vulnerability is one of the things that I have written all over every piece of paper that I have preparing for this interview because it truly is your vulnerability that I think draws people to you. You know, when I think of, of Instagram, it's so easy to get caught up in like the glitz and glamor. And anytime somebody says, Oh, you're an influencer, Mm -hmm. I feel like any day in today's society, especially that almost has like a negative connotation. Yeah. Mm. Um, And I think it's so easy to go online on social media it doesn't have to be Instagram it can be TikTok it could be all yeah. of those applications and it's a constant comparison of yourself to someone else yeah mm-hmm. and it's a constant comparison of what someone else has versus what you want and mm-hmm. it feeds us this lie that if we can just look like so-and-so and if we can mm-hmm. just have what so-and-so has that we're going to have happiness yeah um and at 47 years old I I finally understand that that is not truth yeah. Um. But I think, you know, and you work with kids. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think one of the reasons that you are so vulnerable and you are so honest, I believe, is because you really feel um, a sense of responsibility when it comes to your platform and your space mm-hmm. um, to share about these things. And Um, I was thinking this morning to myself, uh, you know, it's like, if I had to describe Julie, what would I say? Mm. Um, And when it comes to your, your, your platform and your space, I would refer to you. um, You know, a lot of people have like the image of an influencer, um, but I would describe you as the heart.
1: Oh man, that's And
0: I think... With that, that vulnerability and that honesty that you put forth and the way that you put yourself out there um, is something rare, you know, like, I, I think I messaged you one time before because mm-hmm. I said, um, when I come to your page and I see you in your kitchen and you're food prepping and you're talking about your kids and you're talking about your challenges at work, like... I can relate to that, mm. um, but not only can I relate to that, but it helps me to feel like I'm normal, mm-hmm. you know, because so much of what we see online and so much of what people share online is just the highly it's real. Yeah. And then the left of the rest of us are left standing saying, um, you know, how come I'm not like that? How come my life doesn't mm-hmm. look that like that? And yeah. it reads such discontentment. Mm-hmm. Um Tell me, you know, I I firmly believe when you started your Instagram account, I don't think you had intentions of becoming an influencer, Nope. Um, you know, but here you are, you know, with a huge following um, on this platform. Tell me a little bit about the responsibility that you feel both as a mom and as someone who works with youth and then just someone who... Um, has been on this journey and has this wealth of information and lived experience to share.
1: Man, I I wish you could see my face right now because I am just so touched by your kind words because, you know, all of that, when you say heart, vulnerability, real life, is really intentional. And I fought that for a really long time because I struggled with comparison on social media. I struggled with what I did not have compared to everybody else. I struggled with comparison or if I had a space in this place, right? In this mm-hmm. corner of the internet. And I really fought it. And you know, I started my account really to hold myself accountable, to say, I'm not gonna lie to the world of what I'm eating. And so I literally yep. just posted like still photos saying, Yes, I did. I'm showing the world. I ate this, and this is what I tracked because I lied to myself so much or gave myself like false truths when it comes mm-hmm. to tracking. I think we've all been there. Yep. And I and I didn't expect that this space would be an area where people would find what I have to share valuable. I remember the first time I went on stories to share a recipe and I was like, let me know. I had like maybe 500 followers. I was like, let me know if you like to hear me on stories. I don't think I'm good at this. And now seeing that I'm showing up in car chats, sharing probably the most real vulnerable, probably sharing too much information um, and people finding connection to me to that is really quite mind blowing (laughs) to me (laughs) that that's where this account has morphed. But, you know, as as where I hope that my space is, is that there's a space that people can find themselves in, where people can find a place of belonging, a place of connection that this is what normal life can look like. and I hope that people can find a place of community in my space. And um, it's kind of morphed and evolved into sharing real things. Um, I found that when I talked about motherhood and what my personal struggles are, also with um, you know keeping privacy for my children and things like that, or I shared knowledge of youth development and mental health and stigmas, that it kind of just blew up that people were like, please talk more about this because I'm struggling with this in silence. And just to hear somebody that is what they considered, quote unquote, I don't even like to use the word normal, but maybe has an area of influence or as an influencer talking about real things that real people are going through, um, really resonated with them. And I have found that even though I fought that piece, that is my sweet spot. I can't change that about my platform because that's what's making real meaningful connection. And, um, I want to stay in that lane and I don't want to fight not being in that lane because everybody else is doing something different. If that makes sense.
0: (laughs) It makes perfect sense. And you've mentioned connection several different times, you know, Mm -hmm. since we've started talking and I think that is so meaningful because we live in a society now where we are more connected than ever yeah. in, in terms of information and access and 24 seven news feeds. And you can open your phone and you have access to someone clear across the world. Like we're more connected than ever, but we're also the loneliest that we've ever been. Mm-hmm. And you do talk on your page so much about mental health. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you've been talking a lot recently about the mental barriers, Mm -hmm. not just for for weight loss, but along this journey about, you know, lies that you told yourself or Mm -hmm. um, sort of stigmas that you accepted about what your body can and can't do. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, even just you just said, you know, is this my space? Do I have a place here? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and so many of us feel like we don't have skin in the game and, and no one is watching us and no one is listening to us um, but that's all a lie mm-hmm. you know th- talk to me a little bit about those mental barriers and how you have come to learn to identify them as falsehoods or mm-hmm. lies and then how do you go about dismantling them yeah um, so
1: I don't know how to take you along the journey of identifying those mental barriers. It's not like I woke up one day and was like, these are lies I'm telling myself. But I'll, I'll give an example that I actually just shared in my stories, um, talking about my my health journey. And so I have... Always had a goal to be in this space. I work at a Y, I work at a wellness center, like a gym, and I still felt this like mental block that I didn't belong in this space where people were doing a type of exercise, functional training, right? They're lifting mm-hmm. heavy, they're doing all these things. And I talked about body dysmorphia, you know, and I've, I've talked yes. a lot about how, you know, clothes to me is a big piece of that. That was a mental barrier saying, Even though I've lost 60 pounds, I still can't wear that. I'm still hiding behind my clothes. These are mental barriers that I'm working through and saying, no, you can give yourself permission. And yesterday I broke through one of those things for three years that I told myself that body dysmorphia actually showed up in a way of saying you can't do this like you can't lift heavy because your body is still carrying the 60 or 80 pounds and i probably could have done exactly what i did 60 or 80 pounds ago by lifting you know, deadlifting 85 pounds. But for some reason, my mind was telling me because I didn't look like everybody else, that I didn't have a place to belong. And so I think like going through that process and identifying what are our inner, what is our inner dialogue telling us what we can or we can't do? And is it really... Like, asking ourselves, can we do that? Or are we scared to do that? Do we feel like there's not representation? Am am I scared to get out of my comfort zone? Am I leaning into habits? And kind of like taking yourself through that reflection phase of what are those inner dialogues we're having? What is the reason behind it? And man, why, why can't I do that? And maybe finding a, you know, a community or a support to help you work towards those things that you want to do or you want to achieve. Um, And it's so flippin' scary because I don't know why we tell ourselves what we can and can't do. I don't know why we or why we think society should have such a huge influence of saying we belong here, we can't do this or whatnot. We can, but we have to believe ourselves and we have to do the hard work to identify what those are and then try to create that plan to work towards those at that timing and that space and whatever community that you might need. Or it might be I need to do this on my own and chipping away at that. That's the only way I can think through on how to identify those mental blocks and work through that. There's a lot of inner questioning that you have to give yourself being like, well, why am I telling myself I can't do this? Like, I don't know, like, well, then just try, you know, and I might fail miserably and be okay with that. But like, dang, look what I'm capable of doing. And I've been missing out because I've told myself, no, I can't do this, you know, so I, I'm, I don't know if that makes sense, but that's kind of the journey that I'm on right now, as far as like the mental barriers that I have right now and how I'm working through it.
0: I think it makes perfect sense. And I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, you said it right there, you have to do the hard work. Yeah. And that is the piece that is not glamorous and doesn't get us follows on social media. No. Um, you know, those are the pieces that when Matthew. you're alone at night and you're laying in your bed and those thoughts become invasive or when you're standing in the gym and everybody around you is doing one thing and you're you're trembling, thinking, I don't have a place here. I don't belong here. Mm-hmm. You know that's that's where the big change is made mm-hmm. you know but again we don't get the notoriety for that we don't get
1: mm-hmm.
0: um the the kudos and it's not glamorous so no. You know, thank you thank you for saying you have to do the hard work like there is no easy button there is no pill that we can take or button that we can push no. mm-hmm. um, you know mm-hmm. to make it happen so And Um, that's what I wish I would have
1: started, like, I wish that I would have been in my health journey when I started with weight loss, kind of working along the mental inner tough work at the same time. And I think that's kind of a misstep. I think a lot of us are seeking change in, you know, either weight, whatever that might be for better health or for, you know, to build your family or whatever your why is. But a lot of times we miss like walking step by step with the mental work the inner work as we're losing weight and I feel like I'm trying to catch up in that in that area I just did one and then I was like dang it I am not going to be successful if I don't move this other piece along too so that's that's kind of where I'm working on right now
0: (laughs) that's so true though you know I was thinking about my own journey and I lost 40 pounds Amazing! Um, it is amazing but then I think the real hard work has been after and yeah, yeah. dismantling all those lies that I've told myself and all of the things that I believe to be true that weren't yeah. in order to maintain this loss. You know, yeah. that's been the hard part.
1: Absolutely, <laughs> um, hands down.
0: So I want to ask you if you can take off sort of your, um, your wellness journey hat and put on yeah. your youth worker hat and talk yeah. a little bit about, you know, the social media. Because you have had great success in that arena. Yeah. Um, But I also know that you have probably very up close been privy to the downfalls and the pitfalls of that platform, too. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about what you think are the benefits of social media for someone who's on a health and wellness journey. Mm -hmm. And then what are what are the negative things? You know, what should people look out for?
1: Yeah, um, I think the benefits of social media is connection, um, resources at your fingertips. Um, I think that there's just a lot of information out there, and I think social media can be a beautiful, beautiful world. Um, I have built so many great relationships from it and I have seen so many people and have, that have inspired me and um, or had me change my thought process or think a little bit differently. And I think that that is, that is a wonderful tool. Um, on the negative side, I actually wrote some notes on this and I've been talking a lot about this. Um, the area of influence is powerful. And I I take that very seriously. I choose my words carefully. I do mess up a ton on that. But I also am very like specific in saying, you know, this is my lived experience. And you have to do your research. And so on the negative side, it can create a lot of noise. Um, there can be a lot of misinformation, I think, that can be put out there. Um, I think also too with social media, especially when it comes to a wellness journey, you can be chasing after somebody else's success story their transformation photo um it can lead to self-doubt in your own journey um if your journey shows up and it's unique and it's different which it should it should not look like somebody else's and that's i think sometimes hard no matter what platform or what tool or you know what product you're using everybody's results and everybody's journey is different and that's what should be celebrated right? Like the celebration of how people get there um, should be celebrated. And so there's so many beautiful things I've experienced through social media. And there's so many hard learnings as an adult, like let's, you know, I know you said youth, but as an adult, my brain is fully developed. And, you know, for youth, it's, I believe it's like 21 for girls and 26 for boys that their brains are fully developed. And yet they have access to social media. They have access to influence. Um, They have access to um, what people maybe not their age are doing and thinking that that should be what they're doing and they're missing out because of X, Y, and Z. And they're making decisions for themselves based on influence without a brain that's fully developed and they seek comparison. I mean, think of us as adults, like I'm 42, I think you said you're 47. We mm-hmm. fall in this trap of comparison all the time. Yep. And you think of today's youth and they see so much online. And can you imagine what it's like to navigate in their life as they're trying to gain independence, as they're trying to figure out who and how they show up in this world. And yet there's so much noise. There's so much access to information, which it can be a beautiful thing, but it can be something that if you're not aware how that can change you or how it can make you question your value or your worth, um, that can be a very dangerous slope to be on. And I think a lot of our youth today are struggling in that space.
0: Absolutely. Mm -hmm. You know, in your work with kids, um, and I, I wanted to ask this because I think for so many of us, our, our journey, you know, you mentioned sort of the first negative feeling you had about your body or just noticing that you were different. Mm-hmm. So much of that for us starts in our youth. Yeah. You know, for me, it started when I was diagnosed with a chronic illness at the age of nine and mm-hmm. my body was different than other people's yeah. it Functioned different than others. Um, and to, to have added social media on top of that at that age, mm-hmm. I can't imagine how I would have turned out, you know, right. it, it blows my mind to think that this is, this is how our kids are growing up and this is what they're being exposed to and just our responsibility as adults to guide and to continually have eyes on what they are consuming mm-hmm. and what they might be believing about what they're consuming. Um, so as someone who works at an organization who focuses heavily on youth and health and wellness, mm-hmm. what do you feel is something that we as a society, um, needs to work on when it comes to physical and mental health for our children? That is such a big question
1: <laughs> and it's, such <laughs> a, it's such a meaningful question. And so I really want to, you know, I wrote down some notes and I'm sure afterwards there was going to be like 10,000 things that I should have said that I didn't say. Um, but I think one, of, one experience that really comes to mind, um, I was sitting on a community collaboration meeting that um, I work for the Y that we called with all community partners that focus on mental health. You know, we were trying to figure out how do we show up in this space. We aren't certified, we're not professionals, we don't have fancy letters behind our name, right? You know, that says that we yep. can, um, you know, counsel youth in a professional way. Um, we focus more on the life skills piece when it comes to working with youth. And, you know, um, one of our um, lead therapists, he owns a business here in town and he actually provides counselors. We have counselors in every one of our schools elementary, middle school, and high school. And he overseas operation. And he said, you know what, Um, you actually have a lot of area of influence that can impact today's youth just in the wellness arena. Um, He says, I don't think we talk enough about physical health and how important movement and sleep is to our physical health. And so just by you, providing spaces for children to be active, um, to be in a safe space um, is really, really important to support their overall mental health. And I think, you know, as a parent, it is really important that we we do support that. We help make sure our children are getting adequate sleep. We're providing opportunities for them to be engaged and to move their body to support their mental health. And then I think on the mental health side, you know, I think today's youth are so much further ahead when it comes to mental health. Than my our generation ever was. It is definitely in their language becoming more of a normalized topic. There's definitely some still some stigma around mental health. Um, but I think the more that we talk about and we normalize that everybody has mental health, that it is important that every single one of us take care of, you know, our mind, our body, and our spirit. Um, the more that we teach social and emotional learning and we're teaching coping strategies of how to have positive confidence resolution or how to recognize when our emotions are getting big and how do we work through that Um, and we we provide access to resources and we normalize that talking to somebody about how we're feeling even if we don't have a problem is normal and it is a a resource for you to have um, if you need it and if you don't need it. Right. I mean, and I think that the more that we continue to elevate that that conversation, I think the better that we're going to be as a society, that we can support our mental health through movement and intentionality and how we can just make sure that kids get connected to know that they're not different because everybody has mental health. Like it's, there's not something wrong with you if you need support in that area it is something that we all need support in.
0: Yes, absolutely. We were yeah. designed. Yes. To need support. Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. By
0: our creator. Mm -hmm. We weren't meant to go it alone. Exactly. Julie, thank you so much. This has been an absolute pleasure for me. I am blown away um, just by your honesty here, your vulnerability, your expertise, your lived experience. Um, I truly believe that our listeners are really going to you know, at, at this podcast, we're all about let my people glow mm-hmm. and you glow from the inside out. Mm-hmm. You know, we had intended today to, to record with video and it didn't work out. Um, but I know that just through your words, through your enthusiasm um, and through your vulnerability that my listeners are going to absolutely be able to sense the way that you glow and just spread light. So thank you so much for being with me today. I um, am so appreciative of you and I hope that you have an awesome rest of your day.
1: Thank you so much for this conversation. It was such an honor to be a guest on your podcast. And um, I really hope the message here is something that just at least one person makes a connection to and um, can know and feel that they're not alone and that they do belong. So I, I thank you from the bottom of my heart for having me.
0: What a gift it was to chat with Julie. Such an insightful and motivating conversation. When I hung up with her, I was like, man, that woman glows. Like her light gets into the dark shadows of your own life and you walk away better and brighter. And you know what? That's what this podcast is all about, friends. Sharing the glow and shining light on whatever lurks in the shadows. So I hope this episode leaves you better than it found you. And if it did, I hope you'll share it with someone who might need a little bit of glow in their lives. Until next time, here's to growing and glowing. If you're enjoying the let my people glow podcast and we truly hope you are please subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcast platforms when you're done head over to our instagram account at let my people glow podcast give us a follow and then share us with a friend thanks glow getters